from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to give, actually, Fergus. It looked like it was Fergus. Before we get started with introductions, we've got to give Fergus17. says, I've been watching you from Southern California since back in the day on your front porch and your back porch, and I have yet to give a shout, get a shout-out. Well, after all these years of you supporting uh, the backyard videos, the porch videos, the rant videos, back before I found God and I was swearing all the time, all the way till now, it's been one heck of a ride. Thank you very much, Fergus, for all of your dedication to, to my efforts and now to Live from America. Speaking of that, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are watching Live from America. I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, but God-loving host, Jeremy Harrell, a.k.a. the Hip Hop Patriot, and today is June 3rd, already, year of our Lord, 2021, and I'm going to get right to the social media shout-outs. Good morning from Owensburg, Kentucky. Would love a shout-out, says Diane Bennett. Thank you very much, Diane. It's an honor to have you in. Uh, again, we have two, uh, we, we're two minutes live, and we already have over 2,000 people watching. That's the incredible, incredible perseverance and determination from you guys, the audience, sharing this out there using the beginning five six minutes of the show to just copy share copy share copy share it's truly incredible uh carla reynolds is watching something isn't working right Mm, not sure what you mean there uh hopefully you can get that figured out carla but thank you for joining in angie garcia says shout me out jeremy shout out to angie garcia thank you for watching live from america this morning t-man 1202 says morning jeremy finally get to watch a live show alex from great ben Kansas. Great to have you, Alex. Appreciate it, man. Um, McSayla says, what is the noise? What is the background noise everybody is saying? I don't have any background noise here. Hold on. Let me look. Let me see what's going on here. No, no, no background noise here. Keep hearing a rumble and a door slam. Oh, have noise in background. Not sure what that is. Let me, uh, Let me give it a second. Keep hearing a rumble and a door slam. Background noise. Background noise. Thunder sound. Yeah, I have no background playing. Um, Let me just see here. No videos are playing. Nothing. It isn't. uh, It must just be something. I hear it too. Keep hearing that sound comes in prior to your show. Your music is still on. No, no music still on. My, I mean, I, I get you guys are hearing it, but it isn't on this on this side. I'm going to give it a couple minutes. I'm going to have a cup. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a sip of my coffee. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a sip of my coffee. It's the ending of your opening. Sounds like a gate slamming. Huh. Must be ongoing video. Well, let me see if there's anything else here that's playing that shouldn't be, but I see nothing. Maybe I should stop the video and start it again. Do you think we should do that? Think we can get all of you back? (laughs) Hammer going down. Oh, okay. Let me see what I can do about that. Let me see what I can do. Okay, I think I got it. I think I got it, folks. Let me know if that worked. Thank you for telling me. I appreciate that. Everybody said it sounded like a slamming gate. You know what it is? It's it was the it was the animated logo to the show. For some reason, it was it was uh, going off. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop for a second, make sure that it's that it's gone, because I don't want to start the show. I don't want to ruin the show. Uh, if that's continuing to go. So please let let me know if it's gone. Take another drink of my coffee. Gone. Okay. Perfect. Yes, that worked. It's gone. All right. Perfect. That's what I like to hear. Because we got, we got a lot of people watching. And I want to make sure that we don't have any unnecessary issues with audio or anything like that. So again, folks, like I was saying, you are watching live from America. 
And it is June 3rd, year of our Lord, 2021 already. The year is almost half over, if you can believe it or not. Unbelievable how fast things fly once you get uh, to be a certain age. Or once you have five kids. I guess the combination of age and five kids really makes time fly. Uh, but I want to get back to the shout-outs here. Um, we've got um, Sheila Serino is here. Thank you very much. Becky says, you're good. I appreciate that. Uh, 1959, Frank. I'm assuming that's when you were born, Frank. Uh, it's good to have you here. I appreciate you being here as well. Uh, let's see. We've got Vicky 65 says, shout-out to Missouri, the show me state of Missouri. My mom is actually from Missouri originally. She was from Maryland Heights, Missouri, which is right outside of St. Louis, I believe. Um, we've got Kelly from Nevada, Mary Kelly, excuse me, from Nevada that says, give me a shout out. Shout out to Mary Kelly from Nevada. And let's do a couple more here. Uh, Terry Sue 55 says slurping. Right along with you. I know some people hate the slurp, but you know what? We have not stopped the slurp here on Live from America, and we're going to continue, guys. And, and please, get the video out uh, as, as, as quick as you can. And let's see. What is your shirt size? Want to send you a shirt. It, in between extra large and double X, just depending. Uh, I can... I could really wear both. I do like a double X, uh, but with the weight loss that I've had lately, extra large is fit as well. So either one of those, that would be a, that, that would be probably the ideal uh, size. But thank you very much. And here with you says shout out for my mom Pearl. It is it was her birthday yesterday, and she's gone now. Oof. Well, you know what? At least you're still carrying on the traditions and carrying on the celebration of uh, the annual celebration of her birthday when she was here. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll say happy birthday to Pearl. Pearl, happy birthday, my dear. And uh, we're all we're all thinking of you. So and uh, I also want to thank um, I, I see this new hat here, folks. See this a brand spanky new hat here? Uh, this is actually from Advantage Specialties. Now, they're the ones that also made me the uh, the, the shirts that had the, the, the glasses and the beard on them. And also that made me the the dumb, the the Jihad Squad, the dumb, dumb, dumb Jihad Squad shirts. And um, they sent me a bunch of hats, and they sent me a hat for, uh, a few hats for Sabrina as well. And I know that every time I bring home a gift home for Sabrina, she feels like she's included. So I just, I really want to thank you so very much. Uh, to, 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 uh, to Jane down there at Advantage, uh, Specialties. And she also said, and because she's, she's, uh, from, um, she's from England, uh, she said a couple weeks ago I was saying something about Harry and Meghan. Um, and then I said, I, I must have said some, some rude comments about the British. I, I just have to let you know, Jane, and everybody else that watches that's, that's from England or, or anywhere in that, in that region. Um, when I make fun of or when I say anything about the Brits, um, I'm really thinking of the, uh, of the monarchy and the, and the ruling system there. I'm not thinking of the people there. Um, so I guess I should clarify that because I, I think the people that watch, uh, this show and others and I hope everybody, uh, all the Brits are, are great. They have great culture and everything like that so I when I make fun of the Brits I'm in, I have it in mind thinking of the ruling class the elites the royal family the monarchy and all of that stuff so I uh, just wanted to clear that up hon and thank you so very much for the hat she sent them in multiple different colors I really really enjoy the things that you send and I can't wait to do some business with you and uh, help Advantage Specialties I'm down there as well. And I'd also like to thank Cindy Atkins. Cindy Atkins sent a shirt. Uh, I think I left it over there. I'll grab it tonight and show it to you. But it says Trader Joe's, but not Trader, like T-R-A-D. It's T-R-A-I-T, Trader Joe's, and it shows the White House. Basically, it says everything is for sale. Just, I love the I love the sense of humor you guys have. I love the things that you guys make. You guys are truly incredible. And she also and they both sent letters too. So I just want to thank the both of them and uh, for doing that. Also, would like to shout out to uh, Heather Osborne um, because she is working from Wednesday of this week all the way into until Sunday to get out ten thousand Bibles to send out ten thousand. Bibles. I thought I was doing something great here. 10,000 Bibles. That's amazing. So big shout out to Heather Osborne for helping her, um, her old church, um, sit down and, and actually package up and send out 10,000 Bibles because that right there, folks, that's eternal work. That is godly eternal work. And there is nothing on this planet that we could do better than that. So, um, and Angel Eye says, what is your wife's favorite color? Ooh, that's a hard one. Uh, probably some kind of a light purple. I think purple would probably be her favorite cover, uh, color. 
And uh, love Tom McDonald. Love Tom McDonald. Ha ha, he has a new song coming out tomorrow. Yeah, Tom McDonald is great. Uh, great guy. Has a, has a wonderful wife that helps him and the two of them together do kind of what my, me and my wife do together. We work together and we accomplish things and we, and we, and we fight the good fight. Um, so, and then MD Norton says, Jeremy, in your, in your prayers today, please pray for the, for our group's brother, Scott Dahlgren. He is fighting COVID really bad and he is touch and go. Please have him in your prayers. Um, for the group's brother, Scott Dagren, or Dalgan, Dalgren, excuse me, I'm sorry, Scott Dalgren. Uh, yes, definitely, Lord, uh, we ask that you, that we, you, you keep Scott Dalgren, uh, covered in an armor of God as he battles, uh, this, this sickness, this, this virus, and, uh, a virus that should have never been unleashed on the world, uh, by scientists and by, and by, uh, you know, countries that are our biggest adversaries. And Lord, we just pray that you get him through this and you, uh, you give him and his family the strength they need to get through this. And, uh, we will all be praying and we will all be keeping this in our minds as we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Well, which leads me to the verse of the day, folks, because that is a great time. And uh, as we keep Scott in our prayers, let's get right to the verse of the day. The verse of the day this morning came from Philippians 4, 9. And where I got this from was, I have a um, a book that my mother gave me. It is a, it, it's a book, uh, basically a book for prayer, uh, uh, prayers for fathers, uh, about how you should react uh, or how you should act as a father and how your children react to everything they see. They mirror you. You're their hero. And it's basically a, a prayer book for fathers. And my mother gave it to me and she wrote something on the inside that would make you ball if I if I had it here and I read it to you. Um, but that that's where we're going to read from. But before I read from uh, for the ver- verse of the day, Cat Macy says, I never get a shout out and I'm here from Michigan. Cat, we're going to be in Michigan and I want to give you a big shout out and say thank you very much for watching and sharing the show. It's it's uh, it's very much appreciated. So this comes from Philippians 4, 9, and it says what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. And I titled this, Practice Makes Perfect. Again, let me read it. Philippians 4.9 What you have learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So I went on to write, you often hear me say, Jeremy, here on Life from America, my journey with Jesus. I say that a lot. And that is exactly what it is, folks. It is a journey in which you experience many things along the way. You learn, you grow, you fail, you succeed, you make mistakes, you correct them, but most of all, you experience the love and the grace of Almighty God. Through perseverance and practice, you become more like Jesus. Now, while we will never be just like Jesus, our never-ending desire to be Christ-like pleases God very, very much. If we could be just like him, then we wouldn't need him. And he said, quote, the way to the Father is through me. So we must practice daily, everybody. Maybe we practice our prayers. And while there's no right or wrong way to pray, God is very specific about how we pray. Meaning no grumbling, no repeating yourself, no holding back. Be precise, be bold. And be honest. That is how God wants you to pray to him. And that's how he wants us to come to him all the time in prayer. Like anything else in life, it comes with practice. Maybe we practice memorizing verses or knowing where specific verses of the Bible are so that we can get to them without searching forever. Most of us, or most of all, we should practice becoming more thankful to God. We should thank him every single hour of every single day because all good things in our lives come from God. So continue practicing being in relationship with your Heavenly Father and watch your life change. In Jesus' name, amen. And really, that's what it's all about, folks. You don't go to bed one day and then wake up tomorrow and you're the best Christian that ever lived. You don't go to bed today never ever following the gospel or never studying any scripture and wake up tomorrow and know them all and know where they reside. It doesn't work like that. All good things come through practice. 
and all good things come from God. So all good things come from practicing being more like Christ and being more in relationship with your Father in Heaven. Amen? Practice makes perfect. That's what we got to do until the day we die. So leads us right into the Lord's Prayer, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we'll keep Scott in our minds, Scott Dahlgren, as we say these, uh, say the Lord's Prayer. We'll keep everybody in our prayers who needs help, who needs, uh, you know, all of us collectively working together to ask God for blessings and for the full armor of God, regardless of what they're going through. So, are you ready? Let's say it loud so all of heaven, heaven can rejoice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but I need to do that kind of stuff to start my day. And when I say that kind of stuff, I mean I need to have conversation with God to start my day. Once that became an everyday part of my life, and not as a routine, but as an opportunity. Once that became an opportunity, some people get up and they exercise every single day. Some people get up and they run. Some people get up and they walk. Some people get up and they have their coffee outside. Some people get up and have a cigarette with their coffee. Uh, I, I need to get up. And I need to force a smile to my face every morning, and I need to give my thanks to God. It's the only way that I really can can get going. So, Corn Pop is in the building. Welcome, Corn Pop. You're always welcome right here on Live from America. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, Corn Pop, you might learn a little bit of lessons here. And we're not talking about sniffing kids or counting cockroaches. <laughs> no, I love Corn Pop. Thanks for joining in every day, man. Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The first and foremost section of today, we are going to start it out for the third show in a row, hammering down on fraudulent flip-flop Dr. Fauci. That's right, Mr. Ratface Splinter himself, the dirty swamp rat, the only one that we have labeled a swamp rat. We have swamp donkeys, we have rhinos, we have airheads, and we have smarties. But we only have one swamp rat, and he goes by the name of Dr. Flip flop Fauci. This is going to be the third show that we open up the first and foremost section talking about him, and it's because we are not going to let it go. I told you yesterday about a hundred miles an hour um, that we were not going to let this go with Dr. Fauci. And as much as the White House is trying to come up with an exit strategy for him, that's all fine and dandy, because we've wanted him to exit ever since he entered. But we are not going to let go what he did while he was in the building, while he was getting his 15 minutes of fame every single day on every single fake news to- uh, uh, programming or every uh, talk radio, um, making his rounds, furthering his reputation as the savior of the world who knew what was best for everybody, meanwhile, all leading to a book, ladies and gentlemen, all leading to a book. And it kind of makes you it kind of makes you think, well, wait a minute. Oh, by the way, his book was his book that's coming out is called Expect the Unexpected. Expect the Unexpected. Now, if you ask me, this is how people like Dr. Fauci get paid off. This is how they get paid off. And you want to know what I'm talking about? Well, when you get a book deal, that publishing company is supposed to get as many pre-buys as possible, or as many, or they'll guarantee you so many. Um, so many, uh, a number of sales, because what it happens is, is that's how it gets you on the New York times bestseller list or, or, or whatever it is, whatever, whatever organization that awards you the bestseller, whether it be the New York bestsellers list or whatever, what happens is, is these, they get, they get a, a guaranteed pre-buy and that's how record big, uh, big musicians do it too. Like, um, when you, when you see like big rappers or big rock artists put out an album, what's happening is. A lot of these big-named people have deals with their record labels for their record labels to guarantee them so many sales. Well, how do you guarantee so many sales? How do you do that? Well, there's only a couple ways to do that. You do it by by uh, 
sending out massive amounts of marketing and, and advertising prior to the book coming out and getting a ton of pre, pre-sales, or you yourself, as the record label or as the book publishing company, buy them yourself. And then you know that because you have so much confidence that they're going to sell. So you say, I'm guaranteeing you a million copies sold of this book, and then they buy them. But what happens is when a lot of these people like Dr. Flip Flop Fauci get a book deal, I believe, this is my opinion, that this is how they launder money to them. So when the big pharmaceutical companies um, pay them off, when lobbyists pay them off, when politicians like Stretch Face Armstrong pay them off, they do it in the way of book sales. So that they're guaranteed a certain amount of sales of their book so that they can, uh, so that that's how they collect their money. All right. Um, so what's going on right now? I'm about to play you a series of things so you can see, uh, kind of the, the, the aftermath of these emails coming out. And by the way, this is just the beginning. Okay. Because nobody's had time to sit and comb through every single word of these emails yet. But you can bet your bottom dollar that there are news companies out there who have, you know, staffers or, or whoever going through, um, each and every line of these emails so that they can have a story for every single day because they don't want this to be just gone in the first 24 hour news cycle. So what you're, what's, what's happening right now, folks, is that you are seeing fake news try to cover for Dr. Fauci as the White House gets closer and closer to distancing themselves from Dr. Fauci. But it's not just the White House. Amazon and Barnes and Noble both took Dr. Fauci's new book, Expect the Unexpected, down off their websites. Of course, Walmart still has it up, and why wouldn't they? CCP family members stick together. Amazon and Barnes and Noble, you can already tell, they're doing the same thing the White House did. They don't want to be part of the House of Cards when it falls down completely. They don't want to be part of it. So they pulled the book. You can no longer go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and type in Dr. Fauci, Expect the Unexpected, and have something pull up. That is now gone. And you ask yourself, why? Why would Amazon do that? Why would Barnes and Nobles do that if what the fake news is covering for isn't nothing bad at all? Nothing bad came out of those emails. When in fact, ladies and gentlemen, don't let the spin get to you. Everything bad came out of those emails. Okay? It, it, let, it let us know that Dr. Fauci said that masks don't work. Meanwhile, he made the entire country mask up because he sided with politics in order to do it. He politicized the mask wearing. But we have emails saying that they don't work against viruses, especially viruses like this. Then we find out that he actually, um, that, uh, he actually was praised by people for not, um, for, for, for spinning the story of the origins of the, the virus in the very beginning. He was praised by big name people, even people that were above him in this whole virology, uh, you know, class of people around the world in the WHO. He's getting emails from these guys going, oh, thank you. Thank you for spinning that story. Thank you for, 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 for basically brushing off the fact that it was, that it could have come from Wuhan. All right. Then he said that it wasn't biochemically made or wasn't bioengineered. We find out that he actually said that it has all the traits of something that was man-made and bioengineered. Then we find out that he, um, the whole gain of function thing, we know that that's true now. We know that money went $600,000 approximately, went from his division, funneled through taxpayer money, funneled through his division, and sent to the Wuhan lab to start creating this stuff. We, all of this is very, very bad. Okay? So, here, ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to see is, I believe it's MSNBC, and they are covering for Dr. Fauci every way they can. So, pull this up on the screen, and... Here you go. Watch the slob fest. And just on this point of, of your public profile, I, I read through your emails that were released, and I, I just want to read oh, did one you? of them. Did you? Um, there were a lot of inquiries about your public profile. I mean, this very conversation was much harder to have under the ex-president. And this was your response to one um, about whether or not you'd have a press conference. You wrote, yikes, that would make four days in a row without a press conference for me, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and tomorrow. I wonder if you feel like you're still making up some of that lost ground from many months under the last administration of not just no information, but disinformation being out there. Do you still see some hardness among his supporters around the vaccine or around some of these? Now, I want to pause this right here. You see what she's doing. She's laying the groundwork and planting the seeds 
and giving this, throwing this guy a, a softball, which basically is saying, do you think that President Trump not giving you a press conference for three and four days at a time actually hurt this country and hurt your efforts to get this all mitigated and to get ahead of the coronavirus. That's that's basically what she's saying. Again, taking something that the Democrats do, taking something that Dr. Fauci did and trying to turn it around like it's Trump's fault. Watch this. This is the most sickening <laughs> sickening spin you've ever seen. Just you're sharing with us today. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that there are people out there who, for one reason or other, resent me for <laughs> what I did in the last administration, which was not anything that was anti-Trump at all. It was just trying to get the right information, yeah. to try and get sure. the right data. And what they didn't seem to understand, I guess that's understandable, <laughs> that they didn't understand it, <laughs> is that science is a dynamic process. So something that you know in January you make a recommendation or a comment about it. But as you get more and more information, the information leads you to change because it's a self-correcting process. Hold on, let's stop that. That's what science is, he says. It's a self-correcting process. He says you make your best determinations about something, and then weeks later, it changes so you have to change your diagnosis of the problem. But you see what I'm you see what I'm what he's saying here? He's saying that everything he does is bull crap. He's saying that science is just and, and we all know this. We all know this. We know that science changes all the time. But it's funny, isn't it? That knowing that science changes all the time, we still allow science to dictate our entire lives, shut our businesses down, take our kids' social um, uh, social patterns away from them and their social norms away from them, mask them, brainwash them, indoctrinate them, destroy businesses, destroy our 401ks, shift massive amounts of money and wealth to the elite powers of this country, like Nancy Pelosi, Walmart, Jeff Bezos, uh, Osama bin Wannabe, Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg. They all get wealth and money shifted to them. Meanwhile, the middle class gets destroyed. Inflation goes through the roof. All of this is done in the name of science that's going to change in a few weeks. So basically, the narrative was set by the idiot reporter, and then the uh, it's, it, he's bringing it home by saying, well, I can never be held accountable for anything because science always changes. Well, science always changes. So, you know, I can see why people are mad at me. <laughs> I can see why they're mad at me, but but it's not my fault because science changes. It's, it's incredible what these people do. Let's continue to watch this garbage. You hear someone say something at one point, and then two or three months later, if you stick with what you said at the original time when you had one-fifth the amount of data that you have now, <laughs> I think that would be inappropriate. It's appropriate, although sometimes it's difficult for people to understand oh, thanks. how as you learn more and thanks. more, you've got to continue to evolve with the data. And that's what I was trying to do, is to always tell the truth on the basis of what the data is. And it was never deliberately. That's a lie. That's a lie. What what he's saying right there is an absolute lie. He just said, I've been trying to tell the truth on what the data is. Well, it's actually called data, Mr. Scientist, Mr. Smart Guy. Okay? What the data is, and it's also called appropriate, not appropriate. All right? Just, you know, since you're so smart, I just want to correct your grammar there. I know grammar isn't your, you know, forte, but apparently neither is science. Apparently neither is science. The guy is, he says, well, if I had one-fifth of the data, then I would have been able to make a, a, a different... No, no, you did have one-fifth of the data. Because your emails actually show that you knew that there was no way that a mask could protect against this virus. That's something you knew. That's information that you had. That's data that you had. That's appropriate. That's appropriate data that you had, huh? Funny how you had the one fifth of appropriate data, but still went against that data. You lie. The guy he's lied four times just in this alone that we can point out, based on his emails, based on what we knew he already knew. 
<laughs> Again, you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a Fauci to understand this. It's the president. In fact, you spoke about my emails. You look at my emails. I never in the emails said anything derogatory about President Trump. Well, the true mark of someone is if they look good, even when their personal emails come out. So you, you pass the test that very few would pass. Dr. What? Fauci, thank you for spending some Wait, wait, wait. What did she just say? Let's go back. Here we go. Let's go back. Mark of someone is if they look good, even when their personal emails come out. Very few of us would. Dr. Anthony Fauci, thank you for spending some time with us. They look good, even when their personal emails we don't care about the <laughs> fawning all over. Oh, so what the true mark of somebody is when they look good, even when their personal emails come out. <laughs> what do you, you, you started the entire interview out saying how you read the emails. Apparently, we're, we're reading different emails. Because had you <laughs> read the emails, then you would have seen the same thing that we all saw. That he just lied to you, right to your face, on your interview, on MSDNC, that if he had the data, then he would have made different decisions. And he wouldn't have had to change. But he did have the data. He had all the data he needed. He knew where it came from. He knew that it was it was man-made. And he knew that you didn't need a mask, because it wouldn't protect against it anyway. <laughs> I can't even... You can't make this stuff up. Now, I want to play an audio track for you of Dr. Fauci, which I'm sure you've all heard. But this is of Dr. Fauci right before President Trump was about to take his seat in the White House on January 20th of 2017. Are you ready for this? This is going to blow your mind. Hopefully you can hear this. to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID, will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. Did you hear what he just said? He said the next administration will be hit with a surprise pandemic. That's him. That's him. Here, I'll show you. There's, there's his face. Bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today, based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, of the last 32 years surprise outbreak. Surprise outbreak. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's play that again. Large burden of that. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID. Will so he, he says, prior to President Trump taking his rightful seat in the White House, that there was going to be a surprise outbreak, that the next administration was going to have to deal with some pandemic. Okay? Then you had Nancy Pelosi also say, right before the election of 2020, that, the, that she has arrows in her quiver and they will make sure President Trump does not win the presidency again. Then you had the Attorney General of Pennsylvania, right before the election, say, Donald Trump will be up in the evening, but once we count all votes... Donald Trump will lose and will not win Pennsylvania or the election. You also had Hillary Clinton come out and say, I can promise you, we've got it all under control. Donald Trump is not going to win and beat Joe Biden in this presidency. 
You see, folks, how they used it all. They knew they knew when they lost the election, when Hillary Clinton lost. Oh, what happened? Oh, what happened? You're fired. When Hillary Clinton lost, they could not believe it. They couldn't take it. So they said, okay, we've got this on the back burner. This is something that we always use. This is the last stitch resort. If we can't impeach him the first time, we'll try to impeach him. We'll try to impeach him. If that doesn't work, then we're going to use this. And we're going to make sure that he does not win the presidency ever again. And I'll be damned. Here we are today. And it's all starting to unravel. And that is why Amazon and Barnes and Nobles are trying to distance themselves from Dr. Fauci. It's different than a book publishing company trying to distance themselves from Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo, while he did, is while he is responsible for 15,000 plus elderly deaths, and while he definitely is responsible for probably raping, but definitely sexually assaulting and definitely sexually harassing numerous amounts of people, and while we know he's guilty of abusing his power as it comes to as it pertains to the pandemic and how that was handled, um, that's just one city. Not to diminish anything that he did, but that's just one city. What this guy did is global. What this guy did is is war crime. In, in, in every country. What this guy did, by just by NATO's uh, bar, stand, uh, 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 bar of standards, this guy should be in Gitmo. This guy should be literally executed for what he was responsible in helping create, which destroyed this world's economy and put China further, further ahead than they ever should be. That is why people are starting to distance themselves from this guy. Because what he did is far worse than what Pepe Le Pew up in New York did. Starting to put it all together, folks? I know I am. Now, you know how you feel about Dr. Fauci. You know how I feel about Dr. Fauci. But what's really going to amaze you is to know... (laughs) Is to know what liberal leftist men think of Dr. Fauci. Let's find out what they think, shall we? Guys, he's like gonna jump on in like one minute. I know, he's almost here. I have the participant window open and I, I get to allow him to enter. These are beta males. Liberals. Some nervous energy. He's a busy man. He's doing lots of uh, world saving. We were 45 minutes early. Okay, ready? We're gonna watch this again, by the way. Watch these guys, watch them. Hey, hey, hi, hi guys, how you doing? He's going to jump on in like one minute. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. He's going to jump on in like one minute. He's coming. He's busy saving the world right now, but hold on. I can't wait. To, I, get, I get to be the one to admit him. I get to be the one to admit him. Okay. Here he comes. Ready? Beep, beep, beep. Hi, guys. Hi, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is what the liberal left men, the men on the left, think of Dr. Fauci. Very different from what you and I think. Of Dr. Fauci. <laughs> oh, man, that is so... Oh, that's terrible. That's that's just absolutely terrible. <laughs> I love your comments and rumble. You guys, you guys are great. KH1221 says, Make men men again. You are 100% right. And uh, we've got here's some more comments. Where are their hair buns and skinny jeans? Uh, Cecilia Young says, those are sickening. Uh, Heels Gal says, R-O-F-L. And Osborne N-H says, good grief. Good grief. All right, we're, 
we're going to move along, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I actually have to give an Airhead Award today. And you know what? I didn't pull up the Airhead sound. So let's just go ahead and I'll make my own Airhead sound. Here we go. That's floating away. The airhead of the day is going to go to the same person that the airhead of the day was created for. And ladies and gentlemen, that is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You, my dear, get the airhead award of the day today. Want to know why? Well, here we go. Yesterday, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was blasted on Twitter. Why? Because she posted pictures of her grandmother's house in Puerto Rico. Sounds sounds fair, right? Go to grandma's house, take some pictures of grandma's house, post them on your social media. This is grandma's house. No, that's not why she did it. She went down first of all, first of all, she doesn't <laughs> she does not speak fluent Spanish, okay? So she gets on there on Twitter and she goes, "I went to see my abuela's house." <laughs> Reminds me of Dora the Explorer. I went to see my abuela's house. Can you say abuela? Say it with me, everybody. Abuela. That means grandma in Spanish. So she tweets out, "I went to see my abuela yesterday after she was after she fell ill. After after abuela fell ill, I went to see her and visit her." But what she did is, they had a hurricane down there at, when President Trump was president. And she says that her grandma is still living in squalor, basically living in bad conditions uh, because of the hurricane. Went to see my abuela yesterday, and this is her living conditions. So she's basically throwing a fit because abuela has to live in a very, very poor conditioned home because of what happened during the hurricane and them not having enough funds to fix it. Now, let me just... Let me just, um, I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez makes like 170000 a year, give or take, if I'm not mistaken, as a congresswoman. I believe it's $174,000 a year. How many of you make $170,000 a year? I don't make $170,000 a year. I didn't make $170,000 a year when I was one of the top salesmen at the company that I used to work for. Didn't make it then. Okay, $174,000 a year to be a complete nincompoop seems like a lot. But anyway, she went down to Abuela's house and uh, took some pictures of Abuela's living room and Abuela's bedroom and then posted them. But, but here's the worst part. The reason why she gets the airhead of the day today is because she's blaming it on President Trump. She's still blaming it on President Trump. First of all, nobody cares. Okay, that's number one. And number two, how are you still blaming things on President Trump? She says because President Trump blocked the relief effort to go to Puerto Rico that Abuela couldn't fix her house. But do you guys know why President Trump blocked the relief effort to go to Puerto Rico so Abuela couldn't fix her casa? How you like that one? Huh? Huh? I can do that too, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Abuela could not fix her casa. Because her casa was destroyed <laughs> because of a hurricane. And President Trump didn't send any money. The reason why President Trump didn't send any of the relief effort to Puerto Rico was because they were begging for relief efforts after they got a ton of relief from the previous dis national disaster that they had. And they were purposely hiding that relief, hiding those uh, pallets and pallets of water and paper towels and first aid equipment. They were hiding it in a warehouse so that they could say that President Trump was not sending them any relief and he was leaving them to die. Do you remember all of that? How soon we forget. He was basically saying, I'm not going to send you another dollar until you use what I gave you. And because of the fact that you tried to lie and hide stuff in a warehouse, why would I send you anything? Why would I send you anything? Uh, Sheila Serino says, Jeremy, yo no sabia de tu talento español. She's basically saying she didn't know that I knew Spanish. Well, hey, <laughs> I took five years of Spanish in high school. Actually, from eighth grade all the way through, through 12th grade. So, hey, I know probably more Spanish than Miss Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, okay? <laughs> what an airhead. Oh, President Trump didn't fix Abuela's house. Darn it. <laughs> 
Anyway, folks, moving on. Let me let me slurp some coffee real quick here because I, after going from Fauci to Alexander Ocasio Cortez, I feel like I just need to end the show at this point. Terry Lynn Eleven on Rumble says Trump still lives free rent in their heads. Trump has free rent in their heads. Exactly. Exactly. And Nurse 1986 says, oh, yeah, I remember. It's not. It doesn't take too much to remember, you know, just three years ago when they did that to him. Tried to make him look bad, right? And uh, sincerely, Alyssa K says, it's all part of the Democratic playbook. Blame Trump for everything. Orange man bad. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Sheila Serino says, wow, que lindo. <laughs> oh. Five years of high school. I said I took five years of Spanish in high school, and then I said eighth grade through twelfth grade. That would be five years. So I did one in eighth grade and then four in high school. Uh, to hablas español, Jeremy? Well, decent. Enough. Enough. Enough to know that Alexander Ocasio-Cortez doesn't speak it fluently. All right, anyway, moving on. Uh, the Bush family. We all feel very, very... Um, we feel a very special way about the Bush family here on Live from America. And I know most of you agree with me. Now, I'm sure that some of you that are watching Live from America like the Bush family. You like what George Bush did during 9-11, and you like the way he handled it. Okay, I have a very different outlook on the Bush family. I do not like the Bush family. I believe it was a dynasty that we definitely shouldn't have had. I don't know which was worse, the Bush family or the Clinton family. Or I don't know which was worse, the fact that they were all tied in together and they all love each other and work together. Look at the, look at the relationship that uh, Michelle Obama has with George Bush Jr. It's very odd. It's very weird. We know that Jeb Bush and George Bush did a lot of crazy stuff during the election uh, that they had with Al Gore down in Florida. We also know that Jeb Bush is very low energy, and we know that George Bush Sr. was um, high up in the CIA when John F. Kennedy got killed. But despite all of that, they're just rhinos in that family. All right? I have no love lost for the Bushes. None at all. Okay? Now, the only thing that I did like from the Bushes was when George W. Bush actually stood on the rubble of 9-11 and said the very famous speech, I hear you, America hears you, and soon the world will hear you. And that we're going to basically go get the people who did this. That was the one single greatest thing that you ever heard come from George W. Bush. But now, ladies and gentlemen, the Bushes are trying to get back into Texas politics. George P. Bush, who is the son of low-energy Jeb Bush, announced his run for Texas Attorney General. So I am urging and asking all of you who live in Texas, please say no to the Bush dynasty. Please just say no, because we've had enough of the Bushes, and frankly, I'm going to push the button again. Nobody cares about the Bush family or their involvement in politics because truly uh, they're part of the GOP and that's exactly what we're trying to get rid of. We're, we're trying to distance ourselves from the GOP and plus you guys already have a great attorney general down there, Ken Paxton. He's a wonderful attorney general. He does good work for you people in Texas. I had the honor of meeting Ken Paxton, interviewing pa Ken Paxton and spending the afternoon with him. I think he's a great great attorney general, and why would you trade him for George P. Bush, who is the son of low-energy Jeb Bush? So just know that you guys down in Texas are facing a um, facing an uphill battle because the Bush family is very well-connected. They have a lot of money, they have a lot of power, and they have a lot of push still in Texas. And you want to keep as far away from them as possible and keep Ken Paxton as your attorney general. I don't live in Texas, so I don't want to tell you what to do. I just want to give you my personal opinion on the entire situation surrounding the Bushes and how I think that would be bad for you in Texas because Attorney General is just one more step to governor, and that's what they're trying to do again. They're trying to run that state again, and it's bad news bears if you're dealing with anybody with the name Bush, in my opinion. <clears throat> All right, moving on. If you live in Washington State, you're not going to like to hear this. Washington State has now mandated critical race theory be taught in all public schools. This is bad. And of course it would happen in Washington. That means that your child, your daughter, your son, if they go to public school in the state of Washington from here on out, they will be taught racism. 
They will be taught that white people are bad and that everything bad that happens to anybody on this planet that is not of Caucasian skin color um, is just oppressed by the people with the Caucasian skin color. And you, your child will be taught that they owe everything that they ever make, everything that they ever are. They owe everybody else that happens to be non-white because they are privileged. And because they are privileged, they are to be um, insulted. They are to be uh, looked looked down upon. And it's, it's, it's a very, 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 very bad, bad idea. But that's what they're trying to do in all of these Democrat-run states and cities. They're trying to push division through racism. It's classic Democrat. It's happened since the beginning of time. They are the party of the KKK. They are the party of Jim Crow. They are the party of, seg- of, of segregation. They are the party that did not want Martin Luther King to speak. They are the party that killed um, Abraham Lincoln because he was trying to... Uh, get rid of uh, of division and slavery in this country, and they've always been that party, and they remain that party, the party of racism and division. And now they're using it in the form of critical race theory, another way for them to indoctrinate your children and brainwash your children from an early age. But this one is a little different. This one is very, very dangerous because it will stick with them for the rest of their lives. So parents in Washington State, you need to do whatever is necessary, and I mean whatever is necessary, to take your kids out of public school. And if that means get vouchers or get some kind of um, grant or loans to put them in a private school, then do so. Because if you put them in a Christian school, there's a lot of grants because Christian schools network together. There are a lot of grants that you can get. There's fundraising that you can help with. My wife is going to be honored at the uh, Christian Academy on June 8th because she has donated more of her time than anybody, and this isn't me bragging, that's not why I'm saying this. I just want to tell you how you can get involved. We have five kids that go to Christian school, okay? The cost of that, if we did not get grants or help in any way, shape, or form, would be $500 per kid per per month. So that would mean $2,500, ladies and gentlemen, would come out of our pocket a month. We can't afford that. We could never afford that. So we get grants from the state, and luckily in New Hampshire, um, our businesses in New Hampshire have have a uh, have the right to come together and all actually donate money to charter schools throughout the uh, state. So we have massive amounts of networks of businesses in New Hampshire that get together, and that's where we get our grant money from. It doesn't come from the taxpayer. Okay, but also you can volunteer time. And so my wife is doing everything she can to volunteer as much time as she can with the school to get our bill taken down even more. And she's going to be rewarded for that on June 8th. So there are ways that you can take your kids out of public school and put them in private school, put them in Christian school. There are ways to do it. Or if you can find a way to homeschool, that would be best. I know it's not ideal. I know it's difficult. And I know it would take a massive change to the way you live. But the only thing that's going to make these public schools change is you taking your child out. Why? Because their funding relies completely on how many students they have. Okay? Relies completely on how many students they have. So we need to make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that we continue to do exactly the same thing that we're doing to these businesses that won't allow you in without a mask. Make them go broke. The same way that we make these companies like Coca-Cola, Disney, and Delta backtrack their statements is you hurt them where their wallet is. And that's the same thing we have to do <clears throat> to these public schools, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, I, and I hate the fact that, that, hap- that that's happening. I do. I grew up going to public school, and teachers want to teach. Teachers' unions want to be political, and it's destroying everything, ladies and gentlemen. It's destroying everything, okay? Um, Feral Mom says, Jeremy, Christian school do not want to teach kids that are learning challenged. Well, that's I, I understand there, that there, you have that barrier as well, because a lot of Christian schools just don't have the funding to be able to have the people that are that are uh, prepared or skilled enough to deal with children who have learning challenges. So I, there, you know, it's 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 not an umbrella solution. It's just a solution for the majority uh, for the for the people that still have learning challenged children. <clears throat> you're, you made a good point. <clears throat> Excuse me, you made a great point. I I, I didn't address that because. Um, but there is that there is that issue. You're right. Oh, by the way, people wanted to know two things. Number one, who won the May Dumb Dumb Award? We're going to announce that on tonight's show. Okay, 
Sorry, I forgot to tell you that. The first Dumb Dumb Award of the Month recipient was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The second Dumb Dumb recipient was John Boehner. Who do you guys think that the third Dumb Dumb of the Month award should go to, which would be the month of May? Please let me know in the comments or let me know through Telegram or Instagram because uh, we're going to pick one tonight. <clears throat> also, oh, looks like we, okay, we just froze for a minute. Also, I need to find out who we're going to send the money for the family farms, okay? I need some um, some suggestions from you guys. If you guys know a family farm in need near you, uh, we didn't gain as much money as we did the previous month. I only have $250 set aside, but we have $250 to donate. <clears throat> so if you guys could throw me some suggestions in the comments and in, t in Telegram or Instagram messaging, that would be great because I would love to pick a family farm tonight, and I'd also love to pick a uh, Dumb Dumb Award of the month. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, Rashida Talib. She is going to get the Dumb Dumb Award of the day today. And she is part of the Jihad Squad along with AOC. And Rashida Talib is going to get the Dumb Dumb Award today and the Ronald Reagan button today because of her lecturing of bank executives. Now, I'm not going to play the whole thing for you, but I want you to see how far out of touch these people are and how much power they think they actually have. So Rashida Tlaib is from, um, is from Michigan, I believe. And she, the way she talks to these bank executives is going to make you want to puke. What lack of respect and just another r pushing racism, racism, racism down the throats of people. And you can see that these bank executives are not uh, thrilled or pleased to be grilled by Rashida Tlaib. But here you go, folks. Um, are you familiar with the term environmental racism? I'll start with uh, Chase Bank. Are you familiar with environmental racism? I said vaguely, yes. Vaguely, okay. How about you, uh, Citigroup, Ms. Frazier? Um, the same, only vaguely. I don't know the specific definition of it. That's fine. And how about you, Mr. Moore, uh, Gorman? No, I'm not. Morgan Stanley doesn't, isn't familiar. Okay, how about uh, Bank of America? Are you all familiar with the term environmental racism? Uh, I'm vaguely familiar, but uh, same yeah, Wells Fargo. Do you do you know what environmental racism is? I'm yes or no? That's unfortunate. How about you, uh, Mr. Solomon Goldman Sachs? Vaguely familiar, but not specifically. Well, I want you all to know environmental racism showed its face in a deadly way during the pandemic in my district, where more of my black neighbors died at a higher rate from COVID than any other community in Michigan, even though our black population in Michigan is less than 15%. And that's all we'll play of that. But you can see that they weren't too thrilled to be uh, lectured by Rashida Tlaib, one of the lowest IQ uh, elected officials in Congress today, and the one that's always screaming racism, has TDS like you wouldn't believe, and is caught on camera saying some of the most vile, disgusting things, including being arrested for, a, a, I don't even know how she can serve. Now, there's somebody in the comments on, um, on Rumble I don't know, it looks like the name Arosi or something, but they told me to have some respect and to stop drinking coffee while I'm doing the show. I would argue have some respect and don't tell me how to do the show because coffee is something that's never not been a part of the show and it will continue to be a part of the show. Even the slurping of the coffee will be part of the show. And the great thing about Rumble that you don't experience on YouTube is trolls... And people who have negative things to say can't get the show shut down here on Rumble. So thank you for watching, and I appreciate your suggestion, but I'm going to go ahead and keep having coffee during the show. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Anyway, moving on, I want to give a Smarty Award of the day today, so let's cue that drum roll music, shall we? Smarty of the Ward of the day today is going to go to RNC Chairman Ronna McDaniel. Now, I've never given Ronna McDaniel, uh, Ronna McDaniel 
um, the Smarty Award of the day. I've not really actually talked about her much because I don't think she's a very good leader for the Republican Party. Uh, or I wouldn't say she's not a very good leader. She's not a very strong leader. The party def- definitely isn't, you know, hers in any way, shape, or form. She's somebody that you'd never think of. She's never out there coming up with great ideas. She's never leading the party the way I would think that a party needs to be led. However, she is the party leader, so we'll give her some respect, okay? Um, but I do want to say she did something really great here. She pledges, she ple- she did this on Tuesday evening, by the way, that the RNC, the Republican National Committee, would advise future presidential nominees to refuse cooperation with the Commission on Presidential Debates after the nonpartisan group operated as a Democratic campaign arm during the last election. So what does that mean? Well, you remember the <clears throat> remember the people that were selected to do, to be the moderators for the presidential debates? Remember how one-sided they were this year compared to other years? And they were pretty bad even during the, the Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump um, uh, race as well. But they really went far left on this one. They picked everybody who was a Trump hater. They didn't let President Trump speak. They let Biden sit up there and slobber and fumble and mumble his way through through questions. It didn't hold him accountable and was completely one-sided. So, why are we involved with uh, why are we involved with organizations and why are we playing a game where we're not wanted to play at? Okay, if we're not wanted to play here, then we're not going to associate ourselves with this committee or this com- or this. Uh, who are the, what are they called again? The the Presidential um, Commission on Presidential Debates. Okay, if we're going to be like this anyway, and you guys are going to be so one sided anyway, then let the world see how one sided you are. Continue to give us your terrible moderators, and we're just going to end up pulling out of this altogether. We're not going to sit here and feed ratings to ABC, CBS, MSNBC, and the rest of them for nothing just so that we can be um, targeted and just so that we can have a very unfair. Um, position when it comes to presidential debates so the rnc chairman says eh we're we're, we're gonna pledge to uh, advise presidential nominees to refuse any kind of cooperation with that group until they get their stuff together and still they go back and until they go back to being non-partisan now i got some very good news for you folks from now on and i got i'm already got I already got the shirts being made up and hopefully it's a good shirt for fathers day so you can get your husbands or your dads out there i got a shirt coming up and i got a great way for you guys to arm yourselves against what i call vax nazis so we had mask nazis right where's your mask where's your mask you're going to kill everybody you're going to kill grandma where's your mask we had your mask nazis well now that the masks are leaving about as quickly as they came we have vax nazis and the vax Nazis are the ones that get vaccinated but still want to wear their masks because they don't want to be looked at as Republicans. And the vax Nazis are the ones that look at you not wearing a mask, knowing that you're not vaccinated, and they can't stand it. They hate it. They hate it beyond belief, right? You're just disrespectful. You're going to compromise somebody's immune system and blah, 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 blah. So we live in a world of my body, my choice, right? And we live in a world where you can identify as being a woman, you can identify as being a man, you can identify as being a dog, you can identify as being a cat, you can identify as being black, you can identify as being white, you can identify as being 80 years old or 18 years old. And everybody has to, what? Respect you and your decision to have a lifestyle that you want or else they're a bigot, right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I identify... As a transvax, as transvax, a transvaxite. So I'm going to make some shirts up that say, I identify as a trans, or a trans, I'm a trans, I'm a transvaxite. And then on the bottom saying, respect my lifestyle, you bigot. And what a transvaxite is, is somebody who identifies with being vaccinated, even though they aren't. And it seems like that you could, that fits on the spectrum, right? We got the LGBTQ spectrum. We got the pedophile spectrum now where you can, you're can you just born a pedophile. It's okay to have sex with children apparently. So I'm a transvaxite. And I hope you guys will come out of the closet and let the world know that you are also a transvaxite. Meaning that you identify as being vaccinated. And people should accept your lifestyle on that spectrum or else they are a bigot. So I'm a proud transvaxite, Jeremy Harrell. 
and I'm coming out of the closet to tell all six and a half thousand people watching right now and the tens of thousands that will watch this and listen to it on the podcast later that Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot from Live From America, is a proud transvaxite. And I hope you will come out of the closet and let the world know that you are a proud transvaxite as well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for today's Live From America at 11 a.m. from the Live Free or Die Granite State of New Hampshire. I want to say thank you so very much for joining in today and giving me your first hour of the day. Some of you end up giving me two hours a day, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, but I want to thank you all very much for doing that. And I also want to tell you that I am going on vacation, just so you all know. I'm going on vacation June 12th through June 20th. And we're going to the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. So I just wanted to prepare that for you guys now uh, to know that there's going to be a lot of days where you might not see the show at the right appropriate time. I'm still going to try. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to pre-record some shows to come on live while I'm gone. And I'm also going to try to do a few shows while I'm gone so that we don't completely lose contact for a whole week. All right? Just wanted to give you that reminder. Now remember, there are right ways. There are wrong ways. But there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. And keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God. And no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I will see you tonight at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for more Live from America, right here from New Hampshire, with your host, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot. And remember, I am a proud transvaxite. Have a great day, guys. God bless, and I will see you tonight. See you later.